0: Welcome to Swanglinese, the only podcast talking the language of business here in the Middle East. Your hosts, Barry Lee Cummings and Oscar Andermo, give you their own insights as well as interviewing business leaders in the region to help you on your entrepreneurial journey. Barry, Oscar, let's talk Swanglinese. Hello and welcome to this episode of Swenglin Welcome back to the podcast. This week in the studio, the COVID studio on Zoom, we've got uh, Massimo Kinitso, who is the CEO of Jellyfy. Welcome to the podcast, Massimo.
1: Thank you. Uh, hello, everybody. And thank you, Barry, for inviting me in this podcast. It's a pleasure to be here and to share something about my new adventure with Jellyfy, just started a few months ago.
0: absolutely yeah we're gonna get into that and very very grateful for the time on that but before we get into Jellify um, how about a little bit of an introduction as to who is uh, Massimo how did you uh, start out and how then did you end up here in the Middle East as the CEO of Jellify tell us a bit about you sure
1: yeah Massimo is an electrical engineer Uh, starting to work in the US uh, in uh, 1990, a long time ago, actually. And uh, uh, I worked mainly in Europe, especially in Italy, where I'm Italian actually. And I was starting to work in aerospace uh, uh, area at the beginning. Then I joined in 97, 1997, long time ago. I joined Accenture, <laughs> where I started a long, a long career, uh, beginning as a consultant, then as a manager, senior manager. At the end, uh, I was a partner and the managing director of uh, Southeast Europe for technology strategy. And uh, in 2013, I really wanted to have something new. I really loved the, my company, I didn't want to leave my company, but I want to leave uh, the, the role and the country and so on. So I moved to Middle East and I was continuing as uh, Accenture uh, to lead the uh, technology and digital strategy for the Middle East. Mm. And uh, this was uh, actually also giving me the opportunity to to manage a startup actually, because uh, at the beginning uh, we were very small and despite globally we were, very really big and we grew a lot. Uh, we arrived <coughs> that uh, we, we passed from zero to, to 50 people in, in part of my team. It was a big, uh, big uh, experience for me. So in 2019, I, I again, I felt that something new had to happen. So I left Accenture and I embraced the idea to open my uh, own company. I really wanted before retirement to have this experience of entrepreneurship, because of course it's very, very, very exciting and very different. I wanted to have this experience. So I started to 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 move on, and then I in the while I met the Jellyfy group that wanted to open a new branch, a new um, location here, a new office in the Middle East. And I was uh, fascinated by this kind of company. Uh, really new in the concept and uh, new in the in the business uh, how they do and what they do actually mm. and i saw said okay why not let's do it together so i co-founded together with the group ceo uh, fabio nalucci gelifermentisti
0: uh, amazing fantastic so yeah very very uh, uh, sort of whistle stop tour of uh, of an extensive career so far what was it that sort of drew you to the idea of of that entrepreneurial uh, the entrepreneurial journey if you like because a lot of people that we talk to have had some experience of the corporate um and uh, and some people are happy to to keep going and keep going you obviously made it to the, the highest levels in that uh, that side of the world business world if you like what was it that made you think you know i really want to make that jump
1: yeah actually sometimes uh, in my life many times i was thinking about this more to have the freedom no? Mm. to decide on everything without uh, constraints of policies, uh, uh, decision paths, uh, limit of expense, sign off, and so on. But actually, this time was a bit different. Actually, I recognized in the last uh, years that the economy is changing. Mm. And uh, the request of uh, corporates is to find the partners where to deal together and to work together to innovation, on innovation, on, uh, on projects uh, with the sort of risk sharing, with a sort of value sharing on the value created. It's not anymore, especially in the future will be, the the world where there is a a client that is paying the bill of a consultant, but it's more the world where the the client and the consultant together share the risk, do the project and share the the revenues, uh, somehow or the value, somehow. uh, I thought that in this case, uh, this was you. And uh, uh, to be ready for this um, outcome-based economy, uh, entrepreneurial uh, spirit and entrepreneurial skills uh, and attitudes were required. So I said, better to, I, I, to, to, to learn, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because this is coming in any case, but better to learn in a position to be a real entrepreneur, where I can meet my client, I can decide with my client which project to do together and also, why not, also share uh, the success together.
0: Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And it's it's an interesting journey for sure when you move from that corporate side to the entrepreneur and then looking at it the way that you're looking at it, which is more of this collaborative approach. And that's, I think, something that's perhaps becoming more and more... embedded in people's minds during this time especially where a lot of people are struggling on their own and the business is struggling and actually if we start to look how to work together then maybe we can come out of this stronger and uh, and and share in the spoils of success because working together allows us to actually move forwards we take all of the the skill sets that actually complement each other and we can move our business to the next level and that business might be different from what we thought our business was and, and that's also important because we've got to adapt to what our customer wants and what they want now is is very different to what they wanted five years ago 10 years ago 20 years ago for sure um, it, it, it's moving along so with that in mind um tell us a little bit about jellify then because I, I hadn't heard of it prior to us being introduced and then i've been looking at it since then and it's uh, it's fascinating I, i'm fascinated so please do Tell us a bit more about what it is, what, what's the concept, why does it exist, and, and how can people benefit from it?
1: Yeah. So, uh, Jellyfy is a recent success story that uh, it's the last three years, I think, it was built. And, uh, but it's growing fast and, as you say, is attracting a lot of attention. Uh, Jellyfy was created by a group of people who um, in their life managed the old uh, startups, startups for B2B software. And in particular with the big exit and the very successful exit uh, of uh, selling this software to big companies like IBM, the same and some others. So very uh, successful stories and very respected uh, professionals in this mm-hmm. sector. They, um, at a certain point, they wanted to share this knowledge and this ability, with a larger perimeter of uh, of uh, uh, beneficiaries uh, and uh, also to help other startups younger startups to grow so what uh, was created uh, was something that was missing uh, in the market because actually in the market uh, we have accelerators and incubators mm-hmm. helping startups uh, to grow and this is uh, something that providing them services and with different uh, uh, solutions more logistics or more uh, commercial support or So, on. then we have the vcs the, the venture capitalists that are on the market and creating uh, opportunities for investment and also helping the startups with this investment to grow mm-hmm. and then there are the corporates that are absolutely now are very very attracted by the idea to work with uh, uh, startups in order to build something very innovative that can be a differentiator in their business in their market but this world was a little bit fragmented now because you have the incubator and the accelerator you have the vc and you have the consultants they are helping the corporates in doing digital projects and digital transformations actually this fragmentation was leaving some gaps for example one gap is that um, the uh, corporates uh, don't find very easy to work directly with the startups. Because mm-hmm. startups sometimes are uh, uh, very, very agile, very flexible, very unstructured, and very young, while the corporates are the opposite.
0: The opposite are typically yeah. <laughs>
1: very structured, full of policies and rules, and uh, the management maybe is, elder, is older. I mean, it's yes, for sure uh, there is a ga- also a generational gap. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there is the need of filling this gap from a culture, from a skill point of view. Now in order to uh, let the the, the the solution of a startup work perfectly and fit perfectly within the corporate uh, infrastructure and management. And then the other gap, for example, is on investments. VCS often have uh, ability to invest on tech startups, but they don't have a background. Of startup
0: right.
1: to judge which is the, the best startup to put the money on, no? okay, and yeah. uh, and sometimes uh, investors are following the VCs but scaring uh, uh, because uh, they don't know if they can rely one hundred percent on the on the VCs. So Jellyfy wanted to fill these gaps and created uh, an eco- a platform that is uh, an ecosystem management uh, around innovation digital innovation so we do actually uh, acceleration of startups so we help to grow and to scale up startups giving right. them investments actually we invest personally and as a company directly on the startups okay. we uh, provide them uh, support and advisory from a technical and commercial point of view so if they need to face some challenges from a technical and commercial point of view, they can rely on our experts and our senior people to help them. We okay. open also a bridge of them to the corporates. So we bring the startups to the corporates and the corporates appreciate by the fact that the startup has this shell around them filled by Jellyfy, because it makes all the value proposition more solid. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, Somehow, they like the idea also to work with Jellyfy because Jellyfy is done by people who are native, agile and native digital uh, all life spent in in this kind of projects innovative projects and and startup companies so they't they are not people former corporate in Jellyfy. we don't have people former corporate moved to uh, Jellyfy, but all are m- former startups. So the main mindset is completely ready and uh, is helping uh, also by infusion to, uh, to get this uh, attitude and these beha- agile behaviors also into the corporate uh, uh, processes and corporate people. And right. then, so last just, but not least, uh, we we are uh, uh, also um, satisfying uh, the expectations of investors, because of course, uh, at least uh, this was happening in Europe, uh, where Jellyfy is more known. But uh, uh, investors, they are more happy to um, to invest their money where Jellyfy is investing the money, because they mm-hmm. know the credibility of, of who is deciding in Jellyfy who is selecting the setups. Sure. And so they follow <laughs> Jellify advice quite, quite well. This is, I think, uh, the magic recipe <laughs> the yeah, yeah. that is well. making this very, very successful.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. It's a, it's a cliche, but it's about this whole win-win. Everybody's happier with the decisions that are being made. So then that, that's good for business when it, when it comes to that side of things. So just coming back to something that you mentioned actually there, the, um, you know, the idea of digitizing a business, um, but something that I think you focus on and something you mentioned there is about this idea of changing the mindset of that business before even thinking about digitizing it. Is that something that that you focus on with with Jellify? And is that part of what the the Jellify um, people, if you like, bring to that particular equation?
1: Yes, correct. This is exactly our mantra and our focus. First of all, uh, technologies. Uh, Technologies, of course, we focus only on the most advanced technology. All the startups that we have uh, are focusing on artificial intelligence, analytics, Mm -hmm. Cybersecurity, blockchain, uh, IoT, uh, virtual reality, all this uh, is uh, our focus because uh, we believe that on on the combinatorial effect of this uh, um, uh, increase of power of this technology, uh, we have a, a real change of the environment, a real change of the working environment and living environment. But this is uh, an opportunity at the same time it's a challenge because this is a big change of the environment of the context uh, is requiring a big change of the culture a big change of mindset a big change of the um, the way to look at the world and especially in very important uh, the way to look at the role of the human in the world so um th- for this reason we have uh, uh, created in our uh, value proposition also a specific offering called smart human that is focused 100 percent in changing the culture changing the skills changing behaviors but especially changing the mindset uh, and uh, in particular embracing and inspiring uh, the people on the singularity the concept of the fact that the humans are going to be changing uh, the the role because uh, in the future Uh, A lot of mechanical work, a lot of repetitive work that is done now by employees, uh, by clerks, uh, will be done by machines. And this means that humans have the duty and the opportunity to elevate Mm -hmm. in in the scale and to do works that are much more related to leadership much more related to creativity, to inventing new things, to innovate, related to decisions, ethical decisions, and so on. This requires not uh, anymore an ability and a skill to execute and to uh, rationalize and to engineer. But gradually we need to move in a space where the skills needs to be more in creativity, in intuition, in inspiration in leadership in mindfulness and this is exactly why we create programs that are uh, slowly changing uh, also the the old people like me <laughs> in uh, in this new sector because actually i am doing the same this uh, this uh, path uh, because actually the new generation are already native in this uh, in this uh, area no mm-hmm. uh, every 20 years old uh, boy or girls are now uh, are very interested on uh, mindfulness, so meditation, yoga, and so on, uh, mm-hmm. on creativity, on arts, uh, m- maybe not the same uh, on people 50 years old. So we need to shift the culture of the management of the current corporations in order to be ready with the right mindset to adopt uh, these new things. Because actually, mm-hmm. digital requires agile. Agile requires flexibility and uh, uh, creativity, not, go- not to be good anymore, to execute uh, a copy paste, the best practice like in the past, but to be able to invent every day, the best way to do a new thing in the new way today, different from tomorrow and different from yesterday. So this is a completely new mindset.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But it's one that has to be adopted because we have so much now data available. That means that we have to make those decisions faster because there's new information that we have to act on. And if we still have the old way of thinking yeah. about it, whereby we have to go through this antiquated process to get to the decision of, of moving left or right. By the time we make that decision too late, we missed the opportunity. We had to have made that decision much faster. And like you say, sometimes the, the, the millennials and the Generation Z that are coming through, this is normal for them the, the their outlook on how things work and how what their expectation is and it's uh you know us that are a bit older just trying to kind of adapt as well and say you know actually this is a it's potentially a better way of doing it we, we should do it that way um but do you see that, that there's any downsides to this you know the technological advancements that are happening and how fast they are happening do you, do you see that there's any downside to that uh, at this point in time
1: yeah, of course, uh, it's a big shift. It's a big uh, change uh, in a very rapid way, you know. And uh, this is uh, not always perceived uh, as an opportunity. Many people mm. think it's a threat. I mean, it's something that is uh, putting in front of us a lot of uh, issues and dangers. So uh, we need to be sure. We need to be sure that we create the right culture in the in the leadership to understand what it is but also the the right ethical principles in order to make the right decisions and to leverage these technologies, not just to cut the cost and fire uh, employees. Because of course, uh, this would be the the worst way to use this kind of opportunity. But instead, uh, to create an environment of collaboration of humans and machines and to create an augmented company that is leveraging on an augmented employee, because employee use the technology, and not in a different way. This is the the right paradigm that we need to inspire, and we need to be sure that it is understood for two reasons. One, of course, obviously, is for the impact on the society that this can have. Second, is especially on the impact on the people because if people understand the value of this kind of shift and the value of what I call human elevation in this transition, I think that they will embrace with enthusiasm this kind of of, uh, transformation. If they see only the danger to lose a job, of course, they will never accept, psychologically, the idea to cooperate with machines. So it's very important uh, to create the right strategy, and it's uh, very important to communicate the strategy very well, in order that everybody can find the good part of the story that is uh, for him. It's a win-win that uh, we need to create with each single employee, with each single uh, element of the organization.
0: Yeah, agreed. Agreed. And in your opinion, the the advancement of technology is obviously moving at a rate that we've never seen before. Um, And I'm always intrigued, I've, I've listened to a few other people talking about this idea that the example that I've heard of is the autonomous driving, for example, autonomous vehicles, trucks. Now, if you are currently a truck driver, and you have been a truck driver all of your life, and that's what you know, and that's what you understand how to do, you're uh, the, the feedback from a lot of them is that this is a threat to their livelihood, that if the truck can drive itself and it doesn't need to sleep and it doesn't need to stop and it's not going to crash, then that's a better option actually. But what am I going to do? Because that's all I know how to do. How long do you think somebody like that has now to be able to realize that and then take this opportunity to then retrain themselves uh, to, 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 to elevate themselves to see that there's an opportunity there how long do you think people genuinely have to do that now if you're at that particular stage not not one of the young and uppercomers, you've been you're probably one of the older generation who's been doing this for a long time how long do you think that they've got to, to perhaps go through that retraining process and I, well first of all identify it that it's an opportunity not a threat and then how how to go about it
1: yeah of course uh... All we are discussing about uh, is not something that will happen uh, in five years or a decade. Okay. Uh, from a techni- technology point of view, absolutely, we could be in ten years uh, be completely ready to do mm-hmm. that. But of course, there will be a social impact to manage, and we will take will take for probably at least two or three de- decades in order to have also mm-hmm. generational update. Uh, I mean, a very senior truck driver today uh, could find uh, probably easier to plan retirement in 10 years more than uh, reskill on something completely new now. But maybe a younger, a junior truck driver needs to reinvent himself, absolutely, because I think by 2030, 2040, we will have uh, a gradual shift and a gradual change, mm-hmm. uh, but not only in the technology of uh, of uh, self-driving cars. Uh, it's, uh, it will be everything, everything. changing. The healthcare, in the longevity, the food, uh, everything will change in a different direction. So uh, I think that <laughs> retraining is absolutely needed, and this yeah. is uh, as to start in the schools. So to start. In the televisions and the stars in the in the radio, as to start in the companies, as every, everywhere, because it's a big, big change
0: yeah 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 it's huge it's huge and I so, say as you said before, change is one of those things that people fear the most and push back against if it's not presented to them in a way that actually oh this is a good thing for me as opposed to uh it's it's going to take away something so it's uh, it's going to be interesting to 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 move forward from from that side of things but um when it comes to um you know jellify in in the u in the middle east, when did you actually um Set up. It was relatively re- recently, right? When was the actual setup? Yeah, we day?
1: started. Uh, yeah, we started to open the company at the beginning of this year, in two thousand twenty. Uh, actually, we got the license uh, uh, in uh, I think February, and uh, we opened the office in Dubai Internet City in March. Uh, and Now we are also in contact for opening also an office in Abu Dhabi and so on so actually it's really we are in the full ramp up i need to share with you that of course we had some concern on a certain point because uh, of the covid so well, this was going to be my question we because we were opening a new
0: yeah how, how, how has because obviously nobody planned for this um, is how did that impact uh, what you're doing and what have, how have you seen that affect what you had originally planned to do at the beginning of this year and what you 're now actually doing has, has it had a huge impact or has it actually perhaps shone more of a light on the technology and how the technology might be the way forward
1: yeah, actually we had the uh, We put a question on the table, of course, if it was the right moment to go ahead, maybe you could put on all the plans and so on. At the end, we decided to go ahead, maybe changing slightly the the opening strategy, the ramp up Mm -hmm. strategy. But uh, we we, we arrived at this conclusion because we we thought that in any case, we are dealing with digital so uh digital i think will be boosted by whatever we are experiencing now uh, more than uh, reduced uh, in terms of market so actually we expect uh, uh, an increase of interest overall about this second because uh, actually we are pretty good in uh, running our business digitally and uh, using virtual channels uh, for doing our job as well so all day Meetings, events that we planned uh, to do uh, in person, we arrived to decide that we could do fantastically online. Mm-hmm. So actually, we uh, reverted all the budget so we I have uh, for the physical events on the palm, and mm-hmm. I fund uh, I used these uh, funds to uh, to create a, a webinar series that is called Black Swan uh, series is the short name, but uh, the long uh, title is uh, future, uh, future Proof Your Organization uh, Through Black Swan Capabilities that we run every week since uh, end of April and we'll end at the end of uh, June. And every week we have a, a checkpoint on a specific topic that could be the smart human on one side, the entrepreneurship on another side, the virtual reality technology, how to leverage them for managing these emergencies uh, and uh, such as iot digital factory um, and many other topics actually uh, artificial intelligence will be one of the next uh, topic we will embrace so uh and they are going great i mean we have every week a lot of participants not only from the middle east of course it's uh, people connect from all over the world, especially from Europe, the Middle East, but also from US and from Australia, Asia. And uh, I think it's a very interesting uh, a stimulus you know, to think how to transform a problem into an opportunity. And uh, it, was a very, it was a great debate so far and is going well. Um, so at the end was a good idea. Now we need to be sure that Everything is reopening in terms of budgets and, and business and opportunities in order to, uh, to face together with our clients this digital transformation path that is needed. And even more than before, it needs acceleration. That's right. uh, more or less uh, what I see.
0: Yeah no absolutely I, I, I fundamentally agree with with everything there um with with um, that in mind how would a um What's the process for somebody who, a lot of our listeners are people that are either a startup, thinking about becoming a startup, so that, that beginning point. How does somebody get involved with Jellify? Do they have to be at a certain point where they can demonstrate business case and revenue and turnover? Can they come to you at idea stage? How would they do that? Is it to go to the website? Is there an application process? Can you tell us a bit more about that side of things?
1: Yeah, we have uh, um, quite uh, different channels uh, for different uh, kind categories of, of people and clients and collaborators and partners. We, as I said at the beginning, we manage the ecosystem. We mm. support the ecosystem. So actually, uh, we are not just providing services to clients, but we have a lot of activities with partners and with the, just the stakeholders of the, of the ecosystem. So, the engagement uh, it could be very different uh, for startups, uh, from corporates, from professionals mm-hmm. uh, and from uh, media agents and so on. In general, uh, we have a quite active presence on the on the social media, where sure. we are quite dynamic and, and, and active with a full team uh, that is uh, f- uh, focusing uh, full time on, on this activity to monitor, any kind of input from uh, anybody, uh, both for, I mean, uh, business reasons, uh, for making uh, revenues, let me say, but even just to create uh, uh, and elaborate discussions online, like a blog, uh, somehow. Mm -hmm. Uh, But uh, we also (laughs) run meetings with the startups in order to give them the possibility to show up and present what they have. And also in some cases, uh, for us to understand if we could be interested to offer the mm. startup uh, to enter the portfolio of the Jellyfy um, investments. So that uh, in this case, uh, they can enter our umbrella in terms of services, investments, and uh, a commercial boost. On the corporates, uh, we are doing a, a different approach because we are promoting uh, meetings with them. And we also received uh, from, as a result of these webinars, requests for invites to reach them and to make a presentation about specific topics, uh, mm-hmm. telling a specific uh, case study or experience that we can eventually replicate here in the Middle East. So actually what we do is, uh, it's, uh, we are always on and uh, Everybody who wants to contact us uh, will find the door open to discuss about uh, making business together, co-investing in startups, funding together projects, uh, and uh, of course, uh, we are also able to provide uh, consulting and advisory services, whoever needs uh, to run a, a project internally in their company.
0: Right yeah no that, that that makes sense, and I think a lot of businesses starting to realize that uh, you do have to be open twenty four seven these days uh, because it, you never know when somebody's going to want to have that conversation and and, and explore the opportunities that, that are available um, to you um with with um the the current situation and with your the knowledge and the people that you 're working with, how do you see the um, the, the level of investment in the Middle East for the future? Are you seeing it from a positive perspective as of right now? Uh, seeing a lot of um, potential opportunity or, or has COVID really put a, a sort of a, a curtail on that?
1: Yes, I think that um, Middle East uh, is confirmed, that even uh, the news that we had a few days ago from Badala Group, for example, is continuing to express a lot of interest in investing in innovation and technology. Actually, what uh, was the, one of the drivers of deciding to open Jellyfy in the Middle East from the group? Because actually, we Jellyfy is uh, in Italy, in Spain, in UK, in Portugal, and Middle East. So it's not all over yeah. the world. Right? But uh, yeah. we recognize that uh, um, Middle East was the right place to be because uh, we. We strongly believe uh, and recognize that there is a vision. uh, UAE, especially, but also Saudi, will is is following the same vision of uh, um, creating here something that can be considered the best place to live and work. Mm. Like sort of prototyping uh, the future of the world, you know, and uh, and I think that uh, attracting this kind of uh, interest. Attracting people, like me, for example, um, interested uh, to to do this kind of experiment, to study this kind of transformation, and will attract also uh, scientists, uh, technologists, uh, and uh, investors. So I think that uh, the interest will be high. Uh, But of course, the focus should not be only, for example, UAE for UAE. I don't think right. uh, the, the secret uh, source is uh, to open a startup in UAE to serve the UAE population. Mm-hmm. So right. uh, more and more, we need to look at uh, UAE as um, an hub where to grow something for the world. Mm-hmm. And Jellyfy actually has also this aim because uh, actually, especially with the countries I mentioned, we can help local startups to connect with Italian, Spanish, uh, English, and, yeah. and uh, Portuguese business,
0: absolutely. Yeah, yeah definitely, Alice. I think that the the advent of technology is showing that our market is never local anymore, it's, it's international, because you never know who is going to be requiring the services that you can can provide, the fact that we're based in the UAE becomes irrelevant the the internet and, and digital means that uh our our customers can be everywhere and and i think that has to be taken into consideration by every business now moving uh into that, that uh into that realm is that our our customers are far away physically but they're very close digitally and uh and so we can always we can always service them uh, from that side of things so um, and Massimo, thank you very much for, for your time on this. We try to keep these quite uh, short and sweet for our, our, our um, listeners on this. So I just want to say thank you very much for your uh, time and input on this one. Thanks very much for joining us.
1: It's a pleasure. It was a pleasure and uh, I'm really happy to, to have shared this story with you. I am a fan of your channel and your podcast, so uh, I'm also proud to be in the Zwingli's...
0: Uh, <laughs> Swingleys, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you very much and uh, like i say what we'll do with it around this whether it's on the podcast channels on youtube wherever it is we'll put some details linking through to jellify um, and some more information there so uh, again thank you very much everybody listening thank you for tuning in onto this episode as always if there's anybody that you'd like us to talk to you can drop us an email or catch us on social media drop us an email at wishlist at rocks. thanks for tuning in and we'll catch you on the next one Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Swanglinese with your hosts, Barry Lee Cummings and Oscar Endermo. We'll catch you next time.